Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 11 of Owning Her Health Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, physical therapist coming at you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Today's episode is sponsored by Paul Goff's Business Growth School, a kick-butt six-week masterclass training that is going to turn your business from daily grind into a more profitable asset that is a pleasure to own and run. It is open to PTs, OTs, speech therapists, yoga therapists, chiropractors, anyone who really wants to get their business going and not be a slave to it, making $15 an hour when you should be doing the work of $150 an hour. So check that out in the Libsyn show notes for my podcast, as well as on my Dr. Lisa Holland PT.com blog post for this episode. This episode is bringing you Dr. Susan Coel Clinton, an integrative physical therapist um, just outside. Pittsburgh, owning, co-owning Embody Physiotherapy and Wellness. And her story is one you're going to want to hear. She came out of losing pretty much everything, her town being, you know, taken away, basically, even everything around her that she knew in Hurricane Katrina. She took a step back, brought herself in alignment, took all these wonderful, um, you know, got herself to a point where she is now board certified clinical specialist in not only one clinical specialty, but three clinical specialties, is touring the world right now, teaching women about their bodies and their life, doing some extra things. And it all came out of her really owning her own health and what she's learning here in the journey. And so I would love for you to join us on this wonderful episode of Owning Her Health right now. Welcome to this episode of Owning Her Health with your host, Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. Join Lisa as she starts the conversation on what it really takes to become a healthy, wealthy, and whole CEO of your life. Listen in to real talk by real lady leaders in all walks of life as they open up on personal health stories, wealth, career, and feminine abundant living. Learn how to grow by owning your body, expanding your mind, and aligning your soul with the purpose only you can pursue in this world. Happiness begins with owning her health right now. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Owning Her Health. Today, I'm really excited to have a colleague, a fellow women's health warrior goddess with me, Susan Clinton from um, a suburb of Pittsburgh called Swickley. Did I get that correct, Susan? You did, you did. Great. Um, So Susan is a physical therapist such as myself. She also has several other letters after her name. I'll let her sort of introduce and introduce all of those and where she's at in her career. And she um, is really unique because she's She's doing a lot of stuff with, I, I feel that when I look at what she's doing, she's got her practice, she's got um, her, her practice and body physiotherapy and wellness, which she, you co-own, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. My and partner, Rebecca Nehem. Rebecca Nehem, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then she teaches, you teach both coursework as well as in, 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 in clinical programs, correct? Yes. Yes. And then you're doing stuff. I know you're doing some exciting stuff. We'll talk about a little bit also. And she's um, like me in sort of, I think, probably has a little story behind getting all those letters and and doing the things she's doing and where she's going. So welcome, welcome, Susan. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Why don't you let everyone sort of have a little bio from your perspective of who you are and what you're doing? Okay. Um, Tooting my horn is never my best suit. But I think Benet Brown once said, you have to be okay with letting yourself be seen. Yes. And, um, so thank you for asking me to be on the podcast. And 
um, helping me overcome my challenge of being seen. I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing that because it is true. It's so true. Like, it is. It's you know, it, it's so hard to have that, you know, even when you're confident, I know a lot of people say, oh, it's like lack of confidence. It's not. We didn't get to where we are out of lack of confidence. It's more of like when you're stepping up, it's just, it's different and new and there is vulnerability there. Right. And I think that oftentimes um, we just didn't really learn that from, we learned it from other very wonderful women that have paved the way for us and thank goodness for all of them. But I think still, in, you know, embedded in our culture, you know, I know my mother was behind get out there and do something, but also be safe and fall in love and be taken care of. You know, and so that the mixed messages I think are still there. And I think it's, and I think that's part of the problem that we have with kind of stepping ourselves forward is, ooh, I'm not supposed to be that pushy girl that, you know, does that kind of thing, realizing that actually all I'm doing is sharing my story. And I love hearing everybody else's story. So why would I not feel comfortable sharing mine? Mine's as important as other people's. And I think that's kind of where it comes from. We're used to taking care of others. And we can do so much better about promoting others. And I think that's what makes your podcast so much fun because you're out there saying, hey, look at us having fun. And like you were, we, you and I were talking a few minutes ago, you know, we're doing it. We're messing up. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're hey. stepping in the wrong it's hole. It's not perfect. <laughs> it's not. And it never uh, will be. And we're embracing uh, it. So um, I know you received a physical therapy degree, Southwestern Medical Center in right. Dallas. I grew up in Texas. Okay. Uh, I went to school in Texas and went to PT school in Texas. So I went to physical therapy school forever ago, back when it was a Bachelor of Science program. Um, mm. Migrated up through the ranks in order to teach. I moved to Louisiana in order to teach at LSU. It was a master's program at the time I needed to get my master's. So um, wanting to be in a clinical education program kind of pushed me along. So I went to and got my master's of health sciences there at LSU um, and taught the program and ran the faculty practice there for a number of years. Then the hurricane came through and um, washed my husband and I out of the city. Wow. And that's why we're in Pittsburgh. We, um, Steve got a job at Robert Morris University. He's a university professor. And um, I came along. And during that time, I had uh, the ability to actually take a step back um, from working a 40, 50 hour week and really begin to um, look at things from a different perspective. And one of the things that I needed to do was to try to figure out where I wanted to be clinically and where I wanted to be, you know, as I kind of was taking my next step in my career. And um, so taking a little time off and being able to work, you know, less hours a week um, it afforded me the ability to travel a little bit. So I traveled with the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater. Oh, awesome. I went with them through their European tour and then did two domestic tours with them. So that was very fun and very interesting, different kind of work. I'd always worked for, with performing artists, but I never worked exclusively with the right. performing arts company. So it was different and fun and um, yeah, their ranges of motion are totally not evidence-based. That's exactly right. <laughs> We're worried about getting people's legs up to, you know, 150, 160 degrees abduction when the literature is telling us that 90 is normal. Right. So, yeah, you create your own normal, definitely. 
But um, I, would, I would assume that that made you a little bit more creative or, or at least for me, like I came from, um, I danced when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I loved movement. I went into athletic training first. And that's another place where, you know, pushing the extremes and also, you know, just sometimes people are playing with a broken pinky. You mm -hmm. didn't put them on the sideline. I mean, you just taped it up and wrapped it up and figured out how to make it so that they can get through to competition. Exactly. And, um, you know, it, it kind of gets you thinking, you know, what exactly is the objective of your client or who you're working with? You know, what exactly is your role? Is your role to dictate what they should be doing or is your role to support them in a responsible way? Right, exactly. And then, and it, and, you know, it, it brought together a lot of different things that I was already doing, but when you're on, when you're actually doing what I call field work, it's different. You know, um, every stage was different and accommodations needed to be made for every backdrop and, and sandbags on the floor and where the ice chest is going to be kept as well as, you know, where the physical therapy was actually going to take mm. place. You know, sometimes I'd have a bigger room and, you know, some balls blown up and different things. And other times I'd be in something the size of a broom closet and working behind the stage, behind the sandbag. So it, it, was, a, it was a challenge, but it was also um, an, interesting, an interesting way to begin, you know, the next half of my story as a physical therapist, which was um, my movement away from healthcare-centered care into patient-centered care. And I think that this was the stepping stone that really took me from, you know, where I really felt like I stepped over the creek onto the other side. Because it was vitally important that I heard their story. I had people that were, you know, traveling with us that had, you know, were, that had reactive arthritis. And they're dancing at this level. So, it, you know, I had people who were pregnant, you know, that were, some were telling and others were not. Right. And... <laughs> That, you know, just the, the, you know, their story became primarily the issue of what was going on, and having to work with them with their story within that functional context was, you know, really um, just kind of a, a great paradigm shift for me that I took back into practice with me. Um, doing pelvic health and women's health has always been patient-centered, but I felt like that was the piece that was really missing for me going full in. Um, during that time, I also decided that I needed to be board certified, so I did that, and I got my doctorate um, from Andrews University because I had the time to do those things, and that set me on a path with manual therapy and with the, the, the North American Institute of Manual Therapy, and I've been able to kind of pursue um, some program changing and teaching for them, which is really exciting. We're introducing a whole curriculum of, of women's health wonderful through that through that institute so that's that's kind of a new and upcoming initiative that i have going on the move to my practice was um a a statement for myself mm. as well as for clients i wanted to be in a place where my clients had a lot more autonomy um and i wanted to attract the people to my you know to my practice that really wanted to that knew what their goals were coming in. And if they didn't, they were willing to search for them. And they weren't being referred to me because I happened to be a name on a list for an insurance company. So um, that, that, was the, that was the dream behind our practice. We opened three years ago, and we haven't looked back since. We've had our ups and downs. Of course. Me. It's not easy. Everybody, you know. Are, oh, my God, we have to pay taxes on what? I know. I know. And you're like, do I really need that 100 more square footage? No. Nah. 
All right. Or maybe our gym. We enter by our space. Are we okay with our space? I mean, there's so many different variables that go into it. You know, the, 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 the um, entrepreneurial part of all of this is, was the steepest wall I've ever oh, had yeah. to climb over. Because it's not yeah. really the normal, or at least I feel like, at least in healthcare, it's not the normal mindset. Um, you know, it's, it, it's been historically sort of like a laid out path mm -hmm. and there's creativity in it, especially in, you know, I think physical therapy, yoga therapy, uh, you know, uh, occupational therapy to some extent and, you know, speech, all of those rehab type of things of, um, you know, you obviously are working with some people and things don't work or they don't have a leg. Right. And right. you, know, you got to make do, but, but for the most part, it's kind of like, uh, I know Greg Todd says this a lot, you know, like physical therapists in particular tend to be like, I knew I was going to be able to find a nine to five in a hospital shift if I needed one. Um, but when you're off on your own, you know, um, you get to kind of make it your own, but then you're, you're going to take some of that. So I love the way you've taken some of that resistance and sort of helped it to help you grow. Um, because I think that's really important for us in owning like our health. It's not just like our physical. In fact, I think probably that it's funny as physical therapists, sometimes, you know, we're, we're many health providers focused in the body. It's like, we're our worst clinician yeah. to ourselves, yeah, absolutely. You know? but it, it, it hits us. And I feel like sometimes, you know, going off on your own and, and owning that practice is very much that kind of, um, you know, the uh, inner warrior God, the inner tribe, the guru goddess tribe is sort of like at that mothering stage, whether you're, you're mothering children or mothering, you know, birthing your business, it gives you that same ability to sort of channel that energy which I really personally feel is like, that's your health. Like, I think if you get to the end of your health, of your life without having allowed yourself those roles or that experience, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it, it's tough to make the decision to jump. And it's also tough to make the decision every day to stay. And not that I'm not having the time of my life. I am, but it's, there's no, it, it's hard work. There's no question about it. Um, but it's a different kind of hard work. Yeah. It's, it's my work. It's my purpose. It belongs to me and my partner. And that you know, that in its own self at this stage and, and time of my life was very, very important for me. I never, coming up the ranks, ever wanted to have my own practice. People approached me all the time. And businesses approached me saying, would you open a, a site for us? Right. Would you do this for us? Um, but I never, you know, I never wanted to be out on my own. And now I can't imagine ever not being out on my own. So. I know, I know. I keep saying to myself, thank God, you know, I guess there's some place I could work, but like, I hope I don't have to go there. For yeah. <laughs> and and the, the, yeah, the beauty of being able to take a step back too has also been to develop um, who I am as an educator. Mm. Um, I do teach at, I'm a lab assistant at the University of Pittsburgh, and I teach a couple of, of fill-in courses around uh, women's health for them. And I'm a um, problem-based learning facilitator at mm. Chatham, and I do um, guest lectures at some of the other universities in the area. So that's, that's, that's good stuff. Um, but where I've kind of focused my, my education um, piece of who I am is in you know, continuing education for um, advanced professionals. And that's been, um, it's been nice to have my practice and also be able to merge that with that piece of me. And, you know, I can teach in my own clinic, but I can also go and teach in other clinics. And I have the flexibility now to travel a little bit to do that. 
Um, sometimes I think my travel schedule is a bit ambitious, but right now it's okay for me. There's going to come a time in my life where that's not okay for me and I won't do that. But right now it's, it's okay. I have, I don't have young children at home. Um, you know, my husband, every once in a while can pick up and go with me and I have the freedom to do that right now. So it works. And that's very nice. I think what really drove me on this whole path though, in the beginning, when you were talking about self-care and owning our health was after the hurricane, um, my husband and I both got very ill and we're, you know, we can talk about all of the reasons why. And I think everybody here can understand the stressors we went through of for course. over a year following the storm of that magnitude and losing an entire city, not just a block or a, you know, a house, but I mean, an entire region um, was under assault for so long. Um, you know, we both, we both got ill and um, I really got ill and started facing a number of problems that I never had before um, that had symptoms very much like fibromyalgia, you know, migraines and a lot of joint pain and a lot of sinusitis and antibiotics and things I just didn't, wasn't taking my health into my own hands mm -hmm. until finally one day I did and started changing that around and eating better and doing the right things and finally made my way over to functional medicine and started finding out what was really the drivers behind all of my stuff, not treating the symptoms, but let's get down to what's really going on here, you know, and the, the antibiotics I were, I were on for so many years have just completely destroyed my gut microbiome. And yeah. it's been taking a while to build it back up. I, it's funny, I have bars of soap in the clinic and at my house I don't have antibacterial anything anywhere because I really need to have a few bacteria in my life. <laughs> we all do. We all do. <laughs> exactly. You know, the body's not, you know, and you brought up a really good point. Number one, you know, how you've overcome resistance, which yes. is awesome. And, 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 and that owning, you know, owning your health really kind of puts you on a little bit different path. Cause like you said, you kind of appreciate that other side. And also I know, you know, you studied with me with uh, Jessica Drummond and, yes. and, and, you know, looking at things in a, in a, in a different cause and effect type of way, um, befriending vulnerability, all of those things. And, but you know, you, you mentioned how the you you can do things now. Yes. Several times where you're deciding it was decisions, and you maybe can't do everything. You know, but you're gonna you're gonna choose it with what you have the av availability to do. And I think that freedom. I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, when they say they're gonna go off on their practice or whatever they're gonna study where is that freedom in that choice? You know, like they get their letters, they get their this, they get their clinics or whatever, but did, did they make themselves more in a prison? Right. <laughs> you know, are they staying right. so narrow in how they do things that they actually don't have that freedom? So if a hurricane comes, is their life over? You know, exactly. when they start feeling that? Right, exactly. And I think that that's, you know, that was probably, you know, thinking about that in those ways that you're just talking about now can frame up kind of, my decision process as it went on. Although at the time I didn't know I was making decisions a lot like that. Intuitive. But looking back, every one of them were, it was a positive decision that led me to the next level of what I needed to do and where I needed to be and what was, what my professional and my personal life was going to look like. I was able to, to begin line dancing and that probably saved my soul mm. as we went through just because movement and music and, and um, being able to embrace that, I, I now crossed it. I didn't think there was, I would ever be able to do anything like CrossFit <laughs> ever. 
that every time I walk in and see the workout of the day, but it's a challenge and it's scalable and I, you know, make it work. But I have, so I have these outlets now because I've been, you know, kind of focused on what's important health-wise for me that I can now, you know, participate and do these things that bring me a lot of joy and, um, and, and keep my energy levels to a level that I feel, you know, happy about. Right. And, and that's what it's all about, right? The balance, you know, you can exercise to the point where you don't have good balance. You can find a way to exercise or move in a way that brings balance that, that sings towards me. Um, and I've been able to do that. And I, and I'm appreciative of that because I have some flexibility in my schedule that I can make that happen. Um, and I can choose the classes that have the energy that works for me, which unfortunately is 7am. I have to get, you know, but so the next decision is I need to go to bed earlier so that I can be up and that's actually a good decision. Although it's not a comfortable one, my husband and I are both night owls. So we're really working on that next phase is how do we get ourselves to sleep a little earlier, you know, and so that we're energized the next day and not tired the next day. And it only helps the other people you're helping because you can reflect. You can really kind of, you, first of all, you can empathize, you know, and then you can sort of be like, okay, this is what for me, maybe experiment or have that conversation because you you have that relationship. So I'm hearing like, you know, you've learned a lot along the way, definitely your older, wiser self versus your young, you know, maiden or, or gal. If you could go back and talk to that girl, just if you spend time with her now, is there one thing that you're like, oh, I would love to have said to her, she could have just saved herself. I mean, of course, our story is what makes us so, but is there one thing that maybe you would Work to the wise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, when you get those feelings that you are afraid that if you make a move, it's going to be really detrimental and that, you know, with that feeling in your stomach that you're getting, just recognize that it's fear and fear is normal, but don't allow that to interfere with your ability to be bold. Mm, love okay that. To, okay to be bold even if you're afraid love that that would be the words I would tell myself because that would be the pieces that I didn't recognize early on as you know um, things that were holding me back right and then on the flip side if you know if you go within or maybe you've already had a moment and maybe speak to your inner matriarch you know that that mm-hmm. woman at the end of her life, you know, what does she want to exhale? What does she want to look back? What's, what's on the horizon for, for Susan from that woman? What does she want to have seen? As she's that's, that's fun because we did that with our visioning work, right? Ah, yes. You know, exactly. when, we, when we worked through um, Jessica's program, yes. but, and, and I love it. It's very powerful stuff, and I, I guide a lot of my clients into that work as well. Me too. Um, I, the idea that I've been able to um, – able to reach people in a much different way and really have been partnered partnering with them along their life journey in a way that brings whatever fulfillment to them that they need whether it's professional mentoring or personal mentoring Mm -hmm. or movement mentoring I kind of almost consider myself a movement mentor now yeah I hear you because I spend time you know working with them on what's important to them what 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 would this look like if you didn't have this issue going on now? What would you be doing? 
Um, so I feel like, you know, movement mentoring is, is a big piece of that. But all, along with that, though, comes that mind, body, and spirit. And it has to be nurtured. And I may not be the one to nurture that, but my, my, my facilitation for them to be aware and empowered to nurture that within themselves. And it is. Find that, that joy and that connection within their own tribe and cultivate that mm. rather than feeling like you have to do it all yourself. Yeah. That's what I would like to exhale. That is great. That would be a great last exhale, right? Moment. Because, and it is, it's um, connecting. I find that to be very similar in my approach as well of, of it, it's almost like it's just, it's sharing, sharing the path. Mm -hmm. you know like sharing the path and so and I don't know if it's that you know it's my yogi side or whatever it's just humanistic you know it's just mm -hmm. there's so much joy to be gotten out of that so it's okay when you're getting up at 7 a.m to get a little piece of that and yeah. you're going to bed earlier than you kind of would be comfortable for and you are you know oh you know taking a little bit from Mary to pay Paul or something for some moment it it, it just feels different because you're going from like this, this container. I always say there's like five or my, my approach is sort of like physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and then this purpose. I always have felt like this sense of, and the purpose is going to change. I think that's another thing people have lost, especially that's women. They get so stuck on one purpose at one point in their life. And it's like they're, they get really in conflict, I think, when the, when the transition is happening. I really feel that's a lot of the health of puberty transition, menopause transition. It's like how comfortable you are with understanding that purpose changes. But I feel like if you can, it like fuels the rest. It gets mm -hmm. you out of bed early to go to CrossFit. It, it gets mm -hmm. you, you know, the, to go jump before you feel like maybe you're totally perfect and, mm -hmm. you know, pick the right partner to be with either in business and or in life, you know, um, the right client even. I think that's so important. You know, when you're walking a path, you don't have to take everybody down that path with you. <laughs> That's right. right. And sometimes I think it's more about um, leaving markers. Because mm. some, you know, I hear this a lot with um, professional mentoring, um, particularly uh, the young professional who is desperately afraid that they're not helping people. They didn't get it. I couldn't get the message across to them. They left in the same shape that they, you know, started with me in. And I'm so disappointed in it. I don't have the time to really reach them. And, you know, and I think a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm able to go back and tell stories of patients who, clients who come to see me now and will say to me, I'm here because I've done pelvic floor physical therapy before, but I wasn't ready. Now I'm ready. And I'll say, you have no idea the impact you've made on that person. Right. It may not have given you that, those results that you need right now because of that stage of your life you're you know, you want to have that really good positive reinforcement that I'm doing the right thing. I have right. so much. You want that dopamine hit. <laughs> right. And you have no idea how much you've actually impacted and, and you've left a marker for that person. So when they're ready, they're, they're, the marker is there for them. You've opened the door. You've let them see. You've shown them something that they may not be um, prepared for right now. But when they are, they'll be able to move through it. And, you know, so, so to be at peace with that, that you don't have to feel quite so responsible for the end result to be immediate, that that end result may not be something that you expected. It may be further down the road. Mm, and that, to me, is such a feminine leadership quality. 
to be able to do that, like that, that's what the grace and the flow is to me. Like that's a little bit, you know, we use our masculine, but if we can embrace that feminine sort of the outcome, I believe that I contributed to the flow, but I might not see the exact, you know, cause and effect right there. Exactly. But understanding that you're part of that vibe, you're part of that flow, just that interaction, just the mm -hmm. fact that you're brought together at that time. And the fact, I mean, to me, that feels like so much more successful to me when I have somebody come back and I get those experiences as well, where, I mean, my assistant right now, she had seen me, she wasn't ready for who I was as a provider. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it took her like six years. Mm -hmm. But when something happened and she was ready for that care, she reached out to me. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then whatever, both ready at a place. And now she's like my assistant. It's amazing how it works. Her then and had the solution. Maybe she would have gone a different path. But right now, it's just, it's all, it's all figured out. We just got to let it go. Basically, we have to get out of the way. Yeah. We have to get out of the way of ourselves first. And then we have to get out of the way of each other. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you feel that you're in a situation where there's a lot of dominating, uncomfortable stuff going on, you, you may not necessarily be in a position to change your employment or your family situation if that's going on. But one of the things that I have learned painfully the hard way, but gratefully today, is that changing who you are and how you even, just even taking a situation and putting a positive spin versus a negative spin on one situation can have such a ripple effect in your own life. And that ripple effect, you have no idea how that begins to affect others around you. And I know we've heard it, be the change you want to be, you know, I mean, people have sung songs about it, right. you know, um, they have whole therapies about it. <laughs> I didn't see any of it until I did it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, it's, it's amazingly powerful. When you get out of other people's circles and you get back into your own, they actually can get back in their own circle, but maybe they haven't been in there because you've been in there. And while you're in their circles, who's in your circle? Mm. So you have to kind of always go back to, I need to, I need to come back into my circle. These people will come into my circle soon enough, but if I'm not here, I won't be ready. That is beautiful. I love that. That one thought of, um, because that is one thing that I, I personally find that the value of that personal development or the going within and figuring it out. That's why I have a health provider index, just so I can objectify it for people who are so mm -hmm. distant from like that feely part. They told right. it was not professional or whatever. It's like, but that's you. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to make a brand or you're going to like, you can play a role all you want, but it's so much easier if you just wake up and decide, hey, I'm going to be me today. Right. And me <laughs> today allows them to be them today. Yes. And not exactly. me imposing my ideas on what it is that they need to do in order to achieve their goals. I want them to figure it out. Yeah, that wisdom. You know, I want to be there with them and, yeah. and, and you know, guide them, but I want them to figure it out. Because otherwise, it's a, it's a lot of um, chore for me to figure it out for them. I because can do it. They I think they're really good at it, but it doesn't feel authentic. It's you know? not for them. For the, <laughs> it's it's exactly. so much more work. Like I, I, I'm, I'm so like, that's where I am in my career, just trying to figure out how can I convey this? It's right. like, it, some of it's just plain old trust. Yes. 
you know, it's just plain old trust in, and, I, and that's one of the things, and, um, you know, towards the end here, but, um, you know, definitely what I'm hearing from you is you have a lot of trust in your clients because you gained trust in yourself and you can't really trust, or at least I feel like we're kind of almost educated, like they don't know how to take care of that. I mean, I've even seen on the boards, people like talking like, well, they come to you because you're the expert and like, they don't know anything. And like, you're, it's your responsibility to be a good provider and tell them what they're supposed to do because you're so smart and know all this. And I just don't agree with that. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like I'm a so much better provider if I can kind of switch that hat and say, you know what? I don't know if we're going to reach these goals, but it seems like you have some other goals. So mm -hmm. what are they? And can I help you? Am I the right person to help you? Am I the right discipline to help you? So it's just so much easier and people get better. They get right. better. <laughs> well, because you're, you're listening to their story. Exactly. They just, most people want to be heard. They want to feel part of it. We're engineered that way. We're, we're, we've come up through the ranks in environmental engineering to, and some stuff has not left us as much as we're living in this society today where it's so individual and can be so isolated in the middle of a ginormous city of, here in Pittsburgh, I think we're at seven or eight hundred thousand. Wow! You know, you can be, you can still be alone, and but people don't want that. They they still want to belong. They want to be a tribe. They want to be part of something. They want to be part of something bigger. And but the message that they're getting is, you have to do it all. You have to be it all, and don't ask for help. Yeah, not so, everybody can be. Long message. It's ask for help. You know, yeah. it's like you be leadership. so upset if you found out your best friend was going through something terrible and they didn't reach out to you, mm. you know, why would you not give them the rest of the opportunity to help you when you're in your crisis? So, and it's, it's, you know, those are, those are where we not, you know, that's, it's, I think people consider that touchy feely. I actually consider that very pragmatic, mm -hmm. you know, it's building your support system and, leaning on your support system, you know, because we're better together, you know, we, you know, when they, you know, know. rising tides lift all ships. I know, <laughs> and it's, you know, and you always see it when we're down to our basic nothingness, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, every, everybody always says like about the depression, it was horrible. Like when you talk to people from that, the one thing was no one went hungry. Right. No one, you know, like you just were like, you know what, stripped down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so why don't you do it now while you're not hungry? I mean, that's, exactly. you know, the practicality right. of it. Right. Um, so in, in closing, Susan, is there anything like where, where, where are you going? What are you doing? Where can people find you? Oh, thank you. Um, they can find me at my website always, um, www.embody-pt.com. I'm on Facebook, uh, Susan Coel, C-O-E-L Clinton. And I'm on Twitter at SCCPA1. That's uh, where you can find me on social media. Uh, I'm teaching across the country again this year, and my classes will be posted on my website. Um, I also teach in Canada and looking towards uh, Australia and Europe again in 2018. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that I have going on, well, I have actually two initiatives going on that I think are very important. Number mm -hmm. one, I'm creating a professional um, mentoring through burnout, you know, in your career course with Jessica Drummond mm -hmm. so we're very excited about that so stay tuned because awesome. it's wonderful stuff some of the things we talked about today 
Um, I'm also an inaugural board member for the Global Women's Health Initiative. And that's a foundation that Rebecca Stevenson, Tracy Spitznagel, and I started with uh, uh, Terry Benedict from the Shea Foundation. We're in our beginning stages and we're working to build our awareness campaign and get him to Africa for filming um, in the Hamlin Vistula Center as well as um, some other places that's uh, been funded by the Worldwide Vistula Fund. Wow. And Rebecca Stevenson and I will also be teaching in the, at the University of Mekele in the spring too, some women's health and manual therapy. So we've got some fun things going on. Definitely. And I, you know what I love is that you're showing how, and I believe this 100% that women need to start taking advantage of this. Like you said, I don't have kids at home right now. I don't have, mm -hmm. so we, you know, supporting you while you have the opportunity to get up and leave and go over all over the world and things like that makes sense because like, I can't maybe do that or, you know, or right. I couldn't do it when my kids were little or, right. you know, like it, it makes so much more sense. And then other things like sitting and talking to mom's groups or being on the sidelines or something, maybe you're not there and that could be my voice. But like, if we all sort of own our own role and where we're at, instead of looking and kind of being like, oh, I can't go do that. Or, oh, I'm not working for that company or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like it kind of just brings us down when actually we can just, you know, there's a concept in yoga of Shiva and Shakti. And like, if you can just, you know, I always think of like rising Shakti. That's kind of my thing with my clients. Like find the way to like add water to it. And it, the whole thing gets everybody there faster. So thank you very much for You're very welcome. getting thank around and doing, and doing those things. And I will share all of those links. We'll get those under on the, um, the main podcast notes and things like that. So people can definitely find you, but thank you so much, Susan. It was really, really great to talk to you and connect with you recently. And I'm so excited and honored to sort of be in that bubble with you and just watch you go and be able to refer people towards, towards that light. So thanks so much. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Thank you. All right, Susan. So, um, happy <laughs> yes, happy new year. We're doing this before the new year. You guys will probably hear it after the new year. Thank you very much. Happy new year, everyone. And um, this is that, the episode of Owning Her Health. Thank you for listening into this episode of Owning Her Health with Dr. Lisa Holland, PT. To learn more about her personal and professional development service, visit her online at drlisahollandpt.com.